And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. All right, welcome to another edition of The Real Social Proof Podcast, man. Do you know what social proof is? Social proof is something you can provide someone, meaning I did it and I can provide you with the steps on how I did it. You know why I can provide you with steps on how I did it? Because I actually did it, okay? In this uh, world of uh, gurus, where you can be whoever you want to be on social media, mm-hmm. I actually rented a car, and I was thinking, I should be real corny and post a picture of me in front of the car <laughs> as if I owned it. And then I'd be a fake guru, so. Right, right, um, right. Well, we got a very, very special guest today. Um, somebody I, I really, um, I really admire you. Thank you, man. And for one, it looks like you're having an amazing time in life. But I'm going to let you right. introduce yourselves to each other, my, my, my audience. Mr. Kajra, what's what? What's the girl? Thanks for being here, man. Really appreciate yeah. it. Uh, honored to be here, actually, man. And happy to support the mission, Real Social Proof as well, which you have an event coming up. So I definitely want to talk about that. And that's, that's really why I'm here in Atlanta. And I do have a confession to make. Talk to me. Right? I was one of those corny people. T- just uh, this past weekend. <laughs> you rented it and took a picture? I didn't rent it, but I took a picture in front of Alexis that wasn't mine. It was my wife's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's real but they told me to. When, when you can buy the car, and then uh, you still know you own it. So okay. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They told me to do it, but I was, cor- I was cor- I thought it was corny before I did it, but right. it felt good. <laughs> well, it's all good, man. Well, for one, I definitely want to just like jump into the meat and potatoes. Of Boom, what you man. Do, man! Let's do it, man. So actually, I want I want I want to explain to people who you are and what you do, mm-hmm. but then I want to go into the backstory. Okay, Boom. so and I've been bragging on him ever since I met him. The only, the only one hundred percent black-owned payment processor in the country. Okay, so it's almost like the owner of Stripe, except for. He's black, and he's better than Stripe, right? That's right. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. So please introduce yourself and what you do and what your business is about. So, Kajra, you can call me Kaz. Uh, we own Electronic Commerce. I have a, a partner, right? Um, we co-own it together. He happens to look like you and I, right? <laughs> Make that clarification. And, man, um, I'm not going to go into uh, We'll go to the backstory later. But we've been around for maybe 12, 15 years now. Mm. I started off as a door-to-door sales rep. I'm going to fast forward. Uh, went through every level and phase of credit card processing. Again, started off as a door-to-door sales rep, and then um, we worked up under other companies. You know, I, I didn't know him at the time, and I just saw some things in, in the industry that I didn't like uh, at all. Mm-hmm. Right? Became, first of all, I had no previous sales experience, and just I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. So just like you know, learning how to connect to people like the way I see you do it so well and dropped all the sales stuff and became just like a a people person Mm -hmm. and became the number one salesperson at these like prestigious very financially successful companies Mm -hmm. financially successful I wouldn't say ethically successful Ah, right that's how they become financially successful yeah well you know everybody (laughs) has their own business model Mm -hmm. right and they were connected to some very powerful banks who are still in, in existence today who have been fined for doing things that they should not have 
you know, should not be doing as well. But anyway, I became number one salesperson there. And then I was like, wait a minute. After a while, I woke up and was like, wait a minute, what the heck am I doing? Because I didn't really understand it. A lot of times you get into something, you're gung-ho, and you're like full blast with it, right? But you didn't read the fine print. And so I realized that, hold it, what I'm selling people and telling people is something totally different than what's on the paperwork, right? right? So it taught me something. And so I had to walk away. I'm remind, now, mind you, I'm coming from poor, like P.O., Pope, right? <laughs> and I got to a point where now I have all this income coming in, right? I have unlimited, I have access to my time, I have money coming in, the money's working for me while I'm sleeping. I have to walk away from that because I have to make a, a decision. Do I want to continue in this because they wanted me to train the salespeople, they wanted me to become like in the inner circle, or do I walk away? So I made a choice. I had to walk away because they said, hey, either you can be on board and make continue to make really good money, right? I, and inviting me to, like, the owner's homes. I mean, these guys live in, like, right? I don't have a house like that, right? They live in, right? I can do that, or if I walk away, leave it all, like, the money, everything, mm. everything that I had built up. So I, I did that, had to walk away. Because I you to, realized you were, like, the company was getting over on people? Oh, absolutely, 100%. 100%. How do processing companies get over on clients? Uh, well, that's a good thing. We might as well get into it, right? So one way is um, keeping clients uninformed, right? Most people today are used to, um, let's say, auto-boarding, where you click a button and you get set up electronically. Now, in some cases, people, they don't want to know the details either, so there's both sides of it. They just, man, set me up. Scroll down, I agree. That's it. <laughs> so what are you agreeing to, right? right? We all do it. Yeah, right? whatever, whatever everybody else is agreeing to, I'm there. <laughs> right. And some companies, as their business model, have things in there that you would never agree to, mm-hmm. that allow them to hold funds forever. You wake up one morning like, whoa, where's my money at? Right? It's not there. Mm-hmm. Or to maybe uh, hold your, or, you know, take your money and invest it somewhere else without getting your permission or without at least including you in the profits. Right? So let's say, I'm going to stop using the name. Mm-hmm. But that process you can use the name if okay, you want so, to. Let's say, so Stripe. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for instance, I'm processing, I don't know, $30,000 a month. Correct. What Stripe will do with no real reasoning is they'll hold the money mm-hmm. so that they can invest your money somewhere else mm-hmm. and then release it in 60, 90 days. So they don't say that they invest the money. It's interesting, but I just saw a video uh, maybe last week with the CEO of PayPal where he's being interviewed, and they were talking about, you know, funds being held and things like that. And so the inter- interviewer asked the interviewee, the CEO, do you invest the money? He says, yeah, in low-risk investments. He, I was kind of surprised that he would admit that mm-hmm. because they hold a ton of people's money. And I have tons of people on my Instagram page that, that that's their one major issue is like, why are you holding my funds for so long? Because cash is king in any business. You got staff to pay. You have your own expenses. You have utilities. You know, the energy company, the phone company. Nobody wants to hear uh, Stripe is holding my money or PayPal is holding my money. Like, listen, that's not my problem. Your staff will walk out on you, right, if you cannot pay them. So it really puts a lot of people in a, in a bad position. But, yeah, sometimes they're holding the funds. Now, the other part is this, is that in some cases – sometimes they should hold the money. I don't know about for six and nine months in every case because some people, like, since they're really quick, since they're really eager and anxious to get set up 
payment processing like like really really fast, they don't do the due diligence to set it up properly. Mm-hmm. You know, like it may be like the one one man show or the two man show. You don't have an operations team. You don't have the IT person who builds the site and then passes it off to someone maybe in legal or operations to make sure the terms and conditions are set up properly, to make sure the contract is set up properly, to make sure the marketing matches the terms and conditions in the contract, right? When you auto board, that stuff is not being checked by 99.9% of companies out there because you consider like a a high risk or a tier three, let's call it a tier three. You consider the tier three client. Tier three clients, you don't have no rights. You high risk. You're lucky. You can't go to BMW and get... A, get financing for a car because you're not good paper. You got to go to the buy here, pay here place. Gotcha. When you go to the buy here, pay here place, don't they give you whatever the hell? You, you oh, pretty much take sure. whatever. Right. So that's how it is in the payment processing world. So what we decided to do, and I've skipped so many different areas, but what we, we, we decided to do is when we set it up, we set it up the right way, mm-hmm. right? Because the industry definitely wants to protect the card holder, mm-hmm. Right. But what we want to do is protect the car holder and the business owner. Gotcha. You follow gotcha, me? Gotcha. So it's a win, win, win. Win for the client slash customer, yeah. win for the business owner, and a win for us as well. Because it doesn't make it, we're not holding funds. We, mm-hmm. You can process as much as you want to with us and get your funds the very next business morning, right? So right. Uh, we can process a bunch of money, then get it the next day. But aren't you... So I guess the reason these companies hold the money mm-hmm. is, you know, in case of fraud or something like that. Aren't you, like, kind of worried about fraud, too? So we have... So, like, so, me as a business owner, like, I mm-hmm. I get time, like, yo, um, uh, I'm selling Tom this product. Or I'm mm-hmm. saying, yo, look, spend $3,000 with me. Right. I process through you. You gave my money. Mm-hmm. Tom disputes it, says, yo, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you're stuck with the bag mm-hmm. from your business so we have a couple, we have a, a few options for that. Now, here's the difference between us and a ton of different other entities. So you have a million brokers out there. You got Payment Cloud, eMerchant Broker, Gateway Point of Pros. Um, there's so many different brokers out there, right? And you can give your application to them, or whether it be a physical doc or online, and they'll send it to a ton of different companies. Mm-hmm. They can make, they'll make the profit. They don't care what you process. You could tell them, man, I'm selling drugs. Man, just give me the paperwork. <laughs> right. I'll get it done. Because they're, they they they're looking at the profit. They have no risk, mm-hmm. period. These are, the, are these the processing companies? No, these are the brokers and salespeople. Brokers. They have no risk. So their, their incentive is, let's get paid. So you come with the, you know, the overnight program to get rich. Let's do it. Right, you like, man, I found somebody that could do it. Yeah. Right? They send it to a totally different entity. Mm-hmm. They don't know they have no relationship with that entity outside of paperwork. They don't know who you are. They don't know anything about your business. They don't know anything, period. So the broker has no risk. Or even the ISO, which stands for independent sales organization. You go to the bottom of a website, mm-hmm. you see ISO of this, ISO of that. That means it's an independent sales organization. In many cases, they don't do their own underwriting and risk either, just like the broker does it. Gotcha. There ain't no risk. What, what you want to do? Well, let's do it. Let's go. Right? 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 If, if somebody's selling drugs, you can sell them. Just give me the money, but you go to jail. Right? Yeah. So now the entity that actually does the underwriting and risk, they do. That's where the risk comes in. Gotcha. Right? They care. But it wasn't communicated to them properly what you do. No one looked at your paperwork. No one looked at your website. Your terms. No one looked at anything. So where we differ is 
and this took us, it took us a while to get here. Like, you can't just start off like that unless you, you know, a gazillionaire or a millionaire or whatever. Um, we're a full-service provider, right? So we're right up under Visa MasterCard. Like, our direct connection and communication is with Visa MasterCard. So we do everything in-house, our underwriting, our risk, our funding. That means the money, is going, the money gets to your bank account. Because we put it in there. Got you. Got Customer you. service takes for everything. So, yeah, there is a certain level of risk, but we mitigate that and we re- review that before we bring you on board. So that's really where the risk is, whereas on the other end, and I'll just be honest with you, companies can see how much money you have in the bank account. So let's say if you, like you said with your friend, $3,000 sale, right? You say you have a $3,000 sale, but you got $5 in the bank. Five bucks. Some people come to us like, man, I'm selling a package for twenty thousand. All right, cool. What you selling, man? I haven't thought about it yet. Like, (laughs) what are you selling? Right? Right. We're trying to help you actually set up a business, a long-term business. And so they come up with some, like, you know, whatever. They're selling whatever the the consulting package for twenty thousand. No problem. But you got five dollars in the bank account. Like five, yeah. right? <laughs> so if Tom doesn't like that twenty thousand or three thousand dollar product, how are you gonna cover the risk? Mm. You follow me? So it'll cost some companies. That's to, how you judge who you can set up. Who like actually? Well, no, we will set you up, but these are questions that need to be answered. Right. Like you know, this is a business. Let's see how can you know? I know you want to win and make the twenty thousand, but the client may not like the product. Mm-hmm. How can it be covered? Right. You know, how responsible are you to actually manage or run the business properly? This is why the real social proof is going to be so key, because it's going to teach people how to actually run a business. You have a ton of speakers that are going to be there on stage who actually are running businesses successfully. So those those people take, I think, for granted. People who have already been there and done it. Yeah, for sure. Right. You got to invest the money. Right. how, How much is your company processing for customers? Oh, we process billions. Yeah, man. We've been, we've been at it for a minute, man. Like, we're not, big as, we're not as big as, like, Stripe, PayPal, Chase, and all that. They've been, man, these guys got deep pockets and deep connections, mm. right? Super deep. And they're also publicly ran companies for the most part. So we're a privately owned company. Uh, and we just finance it out of pocket, man. Like, even myself and my business partner. Um, Are you going to go public? No. No? No, man. No, no. We, we're not going public. No, man. Because our go- our obligation is to the business owner, right? When you go public, you, different obligations, gotcha. right? You know what gotcha. I mean? Um, which, you know, I can't, I don't want to say what other companies are doing as their motive, but if I can hold an extra million dollars in a day, which is easy to do, just a million dollars, right? A low risk interest, let's say some treasury bonds, I don't know what, 3%, 4%, what's, a, what's 3% on a million bucks? That's pretty nice. Right. And if I can do that every single day. Mm-hmm. Right. Now I can pay my shareholders and I can pay this. I got extra right, money right. coming out the woodworks. That's not our business model. I'm not right. knocking what they're doing. That's just not something that I feel like I can sleep well at night knowing that's being done. Do you feel like it's a bad business practice for a payment processor to invest? Because that's what banks do. Right. Mm-hmm. So I put my money in a bank. Mm-hmm. The bank takes the money and they invest they it. They divvy it out. Right. Right. And. You know, they grow that money off of my money, and then Correct. they give me two cents, right? Right, right. <laughs> so do you guys, do you guys so not invest? Uh, no, not right now. So y'all, y'all just, y'all, like, hold the money just to make sure the money's there what, for your clients. Well, remember, 
we're depositing the very next business day. Got you. So, that's where it's okay. Right. So how, I mean, yeah. you know, you can't make too much like that now. Some other companies, they may hold the money for two days, three days, four days, seven days. People who go through Eventbrite, sometimes it's seven days, sometimes it's two weeks, sometimes it's 30 days. days. See, you on seven days? See, and I mean, that's a good investment for that amount of time. But remember, it's not just you. It's probably 10,000 other people. Oh, they can make it do what it do with them two days to get everybody's money. (laughs) Right, right. Oh, that's that's, that's Now, what we do, we do not agree... Our, our business model is not to just hold funds surprisingly. If you come to us and you have this very, I don't want to say sketchy kind of business, but a, a risky kind of business model where you're testing it out and you have these high sales, you have horrible financial history, right? It just, but you're still trying to come up, right? We'll work with you. Yeah. We may say, hey, listen, do you agree to a reserve? But you sign a doc, right? It's probably 5%, 10%, and not in every case. But we say, hey, do you agree to this? Gotcha, right? Gotcha. So that way, it's a responsible kind of thing, and we just help you monitor your business for like 90 days, yeah. right? And if you're good, man, here, here's a reserve back, whatever. Yeah. But it's there so that we're not 100% on the hook. Do you yeah, follow me? We're just trying to help coach you to growing your business because people think that getting a business is just like, man, I click a button and the business works, and then right, I, right. I can go to Bali, <laughs> Bali and chill. Not the case. You got customer service, you got tech support, you have fulfillment, whether it be consulting, whatever. There's different things that go into it, right? And so we want to help guide you through that whole process. So that's another area where we differ, is that we're not just trying to set up credit card processing. Mm-hmm. We literally want to create an ethical, long-term relationship because it doesn't benefit us for you to come on board and be gone next week right. and have... We work with people right now, and to my millennial community out there, please invest in learning business skills, right? Please, 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 because... RealSocialProof.com. Right. That's it. We got you. You, you have to learn how to do that because, I, man, we got millennials averaging 300% in chargebacks. The, what? Uh, the allowable chargeback threshold from the car brands is 1%. We got people averaging 300 in chargebacks. In chargebacks. 300%. Now, we say, listen, you can't continue like this, yeah. right? We just don't totally, and this, we always let them know in advance. Like, hey, man, listen, this is getting ready to come. This particular site is getting ready to come to an end. It's not a, it's not a, a business model that can exist because you can't just, con- especially if you have clients and customers, you know, claiming fraud, yeah. right? I didn't get my product, I didn't get my service. You can't, you can't dip out like that, right, right. right? We have in-house chargeback protection, fraud protection. Fraud, the kind of fraud protection we're talking about is when, you know, uh, you know, Lil Ray Ray uses his mom's credit card, his mom calls in and says, you know what, um, I don't recognize this charge. Well, we have systems, well, it looks like whoever used the car was in your house. Right. <laughs> you right, got to know right, somebody right, right, in right. there, right? But not fraud where you can just make sales and then kind of get ghosts on the clients, right? Gotcha, and gotcha. so those are a little harder to deal with. But we still give them another option even after that. So we're in it for the long haul. And um, it's one of the reasons why we created the business, man, is to help people actually grow the business in addition to the payment processing. Gotcha. And I, I want to switch gears a little bit because... Sure. Like, you have this wonderful business where you're, um, you're helping, especially people got courses, you know, they're doing high-ticket coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you're, you're not holding their funds. They can actually 
talk to you or, mm -hmm. you know, somebody at the, you know, at the company. How many employees you got? In the corporate office, this is our, our main office, probably about 50. Yeah, yeah about 50, 50 people, okay, gotcha. yeah. And you built that from scratch. We built it from scratch, God, man. But, so but, but listen, we had the ghetto office, man. Can I just, I'm just going to, since you're talking about that, because um, I want to make sure people know that it's not like this is today. Right. But it didn't start like that. Mm -hmm. When we first started, man, I, I kid you not, David, um, like I said, door-to-door -door sales, right? And I was a sales rep. I was a technician. Mm -hmm. I was customer service. I was back office. All right, I must have wore six or seven hats. My partner, same thing. Sure. He, did, he handled all the operations. And so when people would call, because, you know, we thought to ourselves, who wants to do business with two black guys? You know, like, two black guys? Come on. So, Were you audit But, but in this, at this point, you weren't 100% you. We were an ISO up under First Data in Wells Fargo. We, we were ISO of Wells Fargo, but up under First Data. So we thought we were the owners. Gotcha. But they were doing the underwriting and risk, right? So you follow what I'm saying? Okay, so, so there's, a, there's a bunch of people like that. Where oh, tons you got of your companies. own processing company, mm -hmm. but you're still being underwritten by right. a larger you know, company. You're not even a processing company. You're a sales company. That's, mm -hmm. really what, that's really what it is. Like, a lot of people are kind of like... Um, <laughs> they over embellish the CEO, mm. right? I'm the CEO. I own this. I own that. Right? It don't mean nothing right. if you don't own the paper, right? If you're not in control of the risk, you're a salesperson, and there's nothing wrong with being right. a salesperson. If but that's really what in, it is. Ah, that's a bar. Right. If you're not in control of the risk, you're a salesperson. That's right. Not a bit. Ah. Right, right. It's, it's a whole different game because, like I said, we were doing deals, and people would call, man. And I answer the phone, hey, hi, my name is uh, Jason, how can I help you? Right. And then somebody else will call, yeah, this is Mr. Uh, Kowalski, how can I help you? Dude, I must have done that so many times, I mastered it. I mean, I mastered it. My partner would do the same thing. So people thought we had an office of 25 people. It was just two people. And then we built up, we built up, we built up, we built up. We brought telemarketers in, we brought sales reps in. And here's the thing, right? So all these other companies, I had worked with two other companies before as a consultant, and I was like, man, they're super unethical. Got to start our own thing, right? <clears throat> you know, we're the owners, right? And, man, we got a slap in the face, like a huge slap in the face, because we brought on all this business, and we were going real fast with deals, but we were going backwards mm. because they were holding funds. They were doing all kind of crazy stuff. They were mistreating us. We couldn't get in contact with the decision makers. The owner, we, we bring the deal. You, we, you come on board with me. And you call me like, yo, where, where's my money, Cos? I'm like, what, what you mean? What, what you mean, where's the money? Right. It's not in my account, man. Where's my damn money? And it looks like I'm being unethical when I'm not. It's this other entity who is basically pulling the strings, but I can't do nothing because even though I'm the CEO or whatever title I want to give myself, that's why I don't even have a title now, right? <laughs> because the other entity who controls the risk, that's who controls the deal, so they can increase the rates if they want to. They can hold the funds and not communicate with me or the business owner, for that matter, if they want to. Gotcha. Right? Some of them have English as the third language. They don't even understand what a DBA is right. versus a legal business name. You know, they don't know about online courses. They don't know how people can make money online. They don't even understand, especially the banking world, they don't even understand that yet. Right. They're still coming around, right? Mm. So... That's another reason why we said, you know, it took us a while to realize that we weren't really the owners, mm. right? So we had to put up, a, you know, many years, man, of not taking a check home. Like, no exaggeration, like, 
years. So how, how did you make the, the transition from the salesperson mm-hmm. to I now control the risk? Mm-hmm. Like you process through my company, mm-hmm. I hold the money. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I collect the money, I collect the money mm-hmm. and I deliver the money. Uh, sure. So I'm still sales. Um, you know, I've added some marketing skills to my, to my belt. So the way we, um, it was, man, it was the years, dude, like literally years. But I'm, the, I'm talking about in terms of structure-wise. Okay, so structure-wise, so I'm getting to that. So instead of taking checks home ourselves as the owners, right, mm-hmm. we, <laughs> we didn't take a check home, right? Everyone who worked for us, sales reps, 1099, W-4s, it didn't matter. Everyone made really good money. How'd you get paid? We didn't. What'd you do? Man. What'd you eat? Ah, man. Dude. I was, you know, we'd take maybe a little bit here and there, use the credit card, you know. Um, the bank accounts definitely weren't, weren't fat at all. <laughs> Just, man, you know, um, being creative, dude. I mean, for years, like, no exaggeration, for years. And so every dollar that we had, now we had to put back into becoming a full service provider, which is how you become the owner of the actual paper itself. Did you, did you have to, like, buy your freedom almost? Like- Basically, yep. Because we were, we, we were, if we could have done it another way, we would have, but the bankers and company, uh, people from these big entities, we know, we would see them no matter what complexion they were. And we'd be like, oh, you know, they, we're going to help you. And it was this game, man. You got to read the fine print. And everywhere we turn, you know, it was like, man, they got us here. They got us there. I told my business partner, like, dang, man, you ain't reading the work, paperwork or what? Yeah, right. He was like, man, this is what they told me. You, you heard it. And it was just so much game. And so we had to kind of slow down for a second and say, all right, let's just take our money. What's, what's, what's the highest? How can we, we used to say this? How can we get off the plantation? Mm. And we used to always say that to each other. How can we get off the plantation, yeah. man? You know, because we do a deal. And that's to say, you know, no money for you today. Just keep working. No money. So we're like, man, how can we get away from that kind of regime where we're in control? So it was becoming a full service provider by putting all of our money back into a reserve and basically, like you said, paying for it. So in another way you pay for it, because companies say, all right, you want to do it. right? First of all, it's a very small network. We had to do some super creative stuff to get there because it wasn't like you can do it. People were always telling us, no, you can't, you know, what's that? I never even heard of it. Like people were like, and most people don't know what it is. But even people today, I talked to a guy just the other day who basically told me he does billions and billions and billions of dollars in sales, right? And he has all of these banks that he works with. He didn't even understand it, right? So a lot of people don't even know what it is. You really have to dig and have to kind of go through it to realize that maybe some people watching this who are into the sales space, maybe now they'll definitely be able to relate with having funds held. But you really have to keep digging, and you have to find, because they don't, they don't even offer it to companies unless you have so much money in the bank. You have to have your, your financials together. You have to have, you have to have a physical office. Right. You have to um, have risk analysts on board. You have to have underwriters. So you have to spend a lot of money. You have to have tech support, customer yeah. service, because we could have we done it at different levels, but to really be in control of everything, yeah. you, have to have, you have to bring everything in-house. Gotcha, right? gotcha. As an example, and I get off the subject, um, while we were in ISO up under first data. So imagine if there's an underwriting issue 
you have to rely on somebody who doesn't know you, you have no connection with, right? right? Or if there is funds are being held, you don't know the risk analyst. We called a risk analyst one time and said, hey, man, can you release this company's money? He says, uh, what's the name of the company? We gave him the name of the company. He's like, well, I'm shoveling snow right now. We're like, what? Shoveling snow? Like, what did we do? Where are you at? <laughs> and he said, well, don't worry, man. When I go back in, I'll release it. And he released it without asking us for any docs. So we're like, you know what? This is strictly a subjective thing that's being done Damn, here. That's crazy. And people are being incentivized. At some point, we said people are being incentivized to just hold money. It was no extra paperwork you needed or anything. So even with tech support, people will call us, but the ultimate tech support would be with who holds the risk. Right, right, right. They'll make the decisions. They'll do all kinds of things we didn't want them to do. Customer service, the same thing. It was horrible customer service. I don't know how First Data has is the, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, processing platform right, right. in the world, but has the worst customer service and tech support in the world. Mm. And so we said, how can we, because we want to represent us. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want to have people, because people are like, man, you guys are horrible. We're like, it's not even us. Right, right, you guys right. are holding my money. We're like, we didn't even make the money. We don't have it. <laughs> right, so right, right. to get from up under that, man, we decided to go 100% all in and control everything gotcha. ourselves. And I guess it's challenging to be in your position. That's why there's no other African-American-owned companies that do this, right? But Nothing I want to talk to you about, one, why is that the case? Like, I mean, it seems like it's just another business model that we got to figure out. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, mm-hmm. there's, there's money being made over there. Oh, I got to get this license. I got to get this situation. And, you know, like, why can't someone else do it? Why aren't there money? <clears throat> I think one reason is because, man, I want to say ego. Mm. Ego has a lot to do with it because uh, a lot of times we're looking to be the CEO. And so a lot, some people, not, a lot, not everybody, some people get into entrepreneurship because they don't want to be told what to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Wrong reason. Right. Because <laughs> right. your customers are going to tell you what to do every day. Right. All day. So. Right. So they don't want to be told what to do. They don't want anybody telling them where to go. And I understand that, right, because I have some of those same feelings as well. I want to go and come as I please. But when you really get into entrepreneurship and you know it, you probably have to be even more structured, right? So what I've seen with people not really taking it a step further, first of all, it's a very closed network. That's the first thing, right? And remember, in the processing world. Yes, right. And to get to that level, you know, you got to be squeezing a lot of noses while you're talking. Right, you got to be squeezing a lot of noses, right? So that's one thing. Also, you have to have your financials together, like together, together, together. Also, there's only there's a very few. You need a sponsorship bank. There's not that many. One guy told me the other day he had 32 sponsorship. He had 32 bins, which means you have a sponsorship with the bank, right? Dude, it's not even 32 banks that offer that. Now, this is not even African American. This is just a guy with a big ego. Right? Mm. He's like, I got 32 banks. We're like, man, the biggest processing platform in the world doesn't even have 32 bank yeah. bins. Oh, right? Well, right. here's the thing. He's a sales rep who can send deals to 32 different places. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But the whole ego of, I'm the CEO. Yeah. Right? I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And so I find that we fall victim. Everybody falls victim to that as well. Whereas once they get to a position where now I'm the CEO, because there's a lot of salespeople who will say, they'll you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but they'll white label their, uh, you know, they'll white label, or they'll just, no, they won't even white label. They'll say, you know what, I'm David Shan's Merchant Processing, mm. right? They don't really understand 
any of the other stuff, but they just want to be the CEO. Yeah. Instead of like, just go through the ranks, become, be the best sales rep you can be, learn everything you can with this other company, mm-hmm. learn all the mistakes, see all the flaws, see how you can make things better. Mm-hmm. But they're like, no, I, as soon as I become a sales rep, bam, I'm the CEO, and they yeah. stop. Yeah, and they start sure. bringing a whole bunch of other people on up under them, mm-hmm. training people, and they don't even know. Right, right, so right. we see that so much in all nationalities. But I definitely think that's one of the reasons, in our, from what I've seen in, within the African-American community, is just, man, just ego. Like, you know, yeah. like, if I wanted to learn real estate or something like that, dude, who, man, can I, we just came from the Legacy Center, yeah. right? That was my first time there. Super awesome experience. I will never forget that. Man, can I work here? Mm-hmm. Can I please work here? Can I, what can I do to learn from you know, Ernestine and Jay, like, what can I do, right? Instead of like, okay, now I'm doing real estate. Now I'm this big conglomerate all of a sudden, right? And then I have to learn all the mistakes of my own, right? This guy already probably made a million mistakes, mm-hmm. spent a ton of money, right? He's been there and done everything that you ever really want to do. So I think yeah. that's one of the reasons, it's a little bit of ego. And one thing he was telling me is, uh, you know, you being, you know, like, the, 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 the only person in this space of color and um, somebody was just asking, they was like, yo, okay, if I, it, it was a really good question. He said, if I was going to research your company, mm-hmm. what are the negatives that I would find? Mm-hmm. Like, am I going to find people saying, yo, they took my money, they say they don't hold funds, like, are they going to find that? And um, I, 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 you, you answered it very well, like, yo, I, we don't have any issues. Like, right, right, right. Issues. But what you were saying was, a lot of African Americans mm-hmm. don't like doing business with other African Americans, even if all things are the same and your process is cheaper. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel like you experience that? Show me the proof. Have you been struggling with starting, growing, or scaling your business? Don't know where to start? Can't figure out the next steps? Feeling overwhelmed? Do you feel stuck? Not sure if you're doing it right? Do you feel like you need help? Let's go. We understand. Come join us April 2nd and 3rd, 2020 in Atlanta, Georgia. Social Proof, the conference that helps entrepreneurs start, grow, and scale their business. And to get you right, we're introducing the number one motivational speaker, Eric Thomas, the hip-hop preacher, live at the conference. I stopped saying I've got to wait for good things to happen to me, and I said I'm going to grind. I'm going to fight. I'm going to work. I'm going to press toward. I'm going to learn. I'm going to do everything in my power every single day. I'm going to do everything in my power to become a victor and not a victim. For more info and ticket information, go to realsocialproof.com. That's realsocialproof.com. April 2nd and 3rd, 2020 in Atlanta, Georgia. See you there. Several reasons. Um, several reasons for sure, because we had, uh, <laughs> I had one guy who says that he doesn't like giving up his social, he doesn't want to put, his, he doesn't want to give his social security information up because he doesn't feel comfortable with it. And so we were like, okay, so he said he was processing with Stripe. So they asked him, well, how did you, because you know, you need a social security number to process with Stripe. We said, well, how did, you, how did they get your social security number? He said, well, I just went on their website and put it on there. Well, we said, man, we know you. You were referred to us by people who are already processing with us, who are your really good friends, right? You can physically come to our office as well. That's one thing we offer as well. You can come and meet the people who manage your money, right? Mm-hmm. So that trust 
It's the trust. The trust wasn't there for whatever reason. Eventually, he ended up coming on board, but we had to do all this crazy stuff to get around not having a social security number. He put somebody else's social security number on there, somebody else's address. I'm like, man, when you go to a bank, who do you know the CEO? Yeah. Right? Who do you know at the bank? You know them because you may see them behind the, the glass, if they still have those. I haven't been to the bank in a while. <laughs> but um, who do you know? You don't know anybody. So a lot of it has to do with trust. But I also noticed this, is that... If you come from another, if you, if you, Atlanta is a different kind of environment, right? right? Totally different. But it's still, we're still in America, mm-hmm. right? I've noticed that people who come from different places who are used to the government being of, you know, maybe somebody in their family or they look like them, right? Or the city council or the people who run the country, the right. police, the this, the that, everything, like, they're used to it. So for them to come to America, just like for the Chinese to come to America, they already see tons of Chinese in China doing business together. So I'm going to come here and do the same thing, right? Spanish, right? Same thing. Italian, same thing. Germany, same thing. But when you grow up here, you may not see that. You may not have had that many examples of people that look like you doing business. So now somebody else comes to talk about some payment process. Like, man, I seen one lady, man, we went to an, uh, an event called um, We Buy Black last year. And, um, you know, we sent her an electronic app, right? And I don't remember who the lady was, but, man, it's just an app. It's just an app. The same app you would get on Stripe. But ours is a little different, but it's the same information that's needed for the most part. And, um, man, this lady probably, man, she cursed me out and she gave me the business for at least 15 minutes. And she gave me the business because she was like, you know what? Um, I, you asked me for my social security number. She was going bananas. I said, you know, you don't have to put it on there, right? You don't have to put right. your social security number on there. You don't have to move forward. I, then I, and she just kept going. She said, but no, but you, you know, who were you to be asking me for that? I said, it was just an app, right? No, no. <laughs> and so I asked her, I said, well, do you process with, with anyone right now? She said, yeah, I, I was with, I forget, one of those high-risk payment aggregators like Stripe or PayPal or Square. And... She says, but they're, they're branded. So I have to take that into consideration. She says, they're branded. I said, do you know anybody there? Nah. I said, okay, so, but they're branded. But, so a lot of it has to do with trust, in my opinion. For sure, right? for sure. For wow, sure. that's deep, though. That's deep. Uh, you would think that, especially if, if all things being equal, mm-hmm. and, you know, It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation 
Again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Especially, you know, people who are, who are more motivated to spend money in their own community. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I, I don't have, now I, I switch my processing over. Mm -hmm. um, not, not because it's lower rates, mm -hmm. but... You got a big company. Mm -hmm. I, and I can see if I was your first client, I'm like, uh, <laughs> He's like, going to test out right, my... Oh, uh, for sure, for test sure. Test with my money. <laughs> right, who, I wonder who that first client was. <laughs> but, um, it, like, not because of that, but... Mr. One, Everything, mm -hmm. 
everything. Say it again. Mr. Rothstein. First class. They give it. They give it a go. Hey, let's go for it, man. I like what you're saying. You're here with me. I can see. You. I could talk to you. I can contact you. Mm-hmm. Let's go. 99.9 percent of all the clients. Mm. No kidding. No Not kidding. Black. Nope. I, one. Some of the most. The ones that I've found. In some cases, I can't say everybody because I haven't met everybody, but the ones that I know, that know me and know what I do, the ones that, say, bark the loudest have the smallest bite, meaning that they don't take action. It's just, it's, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's, that's what I've seen so Most far. the ones rallying the troops with their fists in the air. Yeah. And they're like, yo, community. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, I, you can use our pay and processing lower and what you're paying, we don't hold your funds. Direct relationship, everything. Uh, Matter of fact, in my partner, because not everybody in the office understands our dynamic. And my partner, as soon as we see that, we're like, oh boy, here we go. Right? Because we know more than likely nothing will happen. And if something does happen, it's going to be like, man, you got to do this. You, I mean, we're not saying everybody, but the ones who have that, the, the loudest bark. One guy told me this, and this is interesting because this is somebody who's been raised up in with that whole philosophy in America. Yeah. He told me this. He says, man, um, I like to talk to the people who I do business with, you know, for me to do business with you, right? And so I'm like, well, dude, aren't you with PayPal right now? He said, yeah. I said, you know you can't physically talk to anybody over there, right? Mm-hmm. He, I said, you, you, who do you know in PayPal, man? And he didn't, get, he didn't even get it. Mm-hmm. He, but he, for me... He wanted to see me in person. And we live in two different states. So I got to fly to him to do business with him. And this man, the amount of money he was processing, dude, wouldn't even move the needle. Wow. But it was just, I was just like, man, this is the mindset. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think that's why, again, real social proof is so important because people need to be educated. And I can't necessarily knock people for that because it's, it's just, they don't understand. Even the ones who are like with the, the staunch fist, yeah. they don't understand. Just because you accept dollars in the community, right? You need to learn the redistribution of the dollars in the community at the same time. And a lot of people don't really understand that. Mm, you follow gotcha, me? Gotcha. Tom, we good on that one? Okay, cool. That's, uh, it's very, it's very interesting because I, I don't even, um, I just look at the relationship and honestly, if you were white, mm-hmm. you're a good guy. I'm like, all right, I'll rock with your company because I don't, because I don't know strike. I don't right. know anybody, mm-hmm. and plus, obviously, you got like proof mm-hmm. of concept. See, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I'm not the guy's gonna f- try first. Right, right, okay? like, <laughs> right. It, oh, right. You, oh, you a legitimate company? Right. Oh, right. I rock with because you're a good guy, right. and it just, it, it right. definitely helps that, mm-hmm. um, that you're pioneering in an, mm-hmm. in an arena right. that African Americans just aren't in. Right. Because I wouldn't even think like most of us. We think of, oh, I'm gonna be an actor or I'm gonna start a t-shirt brand. Like you, like, mm-hmm. yo, I'm about to get in this payment. Processing game. It yeah, seems like a, such a bigger game, though. Uh, I never grew up wanting to be in the payment processing. I didn't even know what it was either, mm. right? I, I mean, honestly, man, I was working at a school system in Orlando, Florida. Man, maybe, I mean, started off as a volunteer at the school. I have to tell you the story one day, but I mean, no exaggeration, man. I moved to Orlando, Florida, couldn't find a job. I don't know how I hooked Did up you go with to college. Yeah, I went to college at Rutgers University in New Jersey. So you went to Rutgers? Yep, went to oh. Rutgers. So while really? I was, yeah. Oh, Camden. No, not it's, Camden. It was two, it was two, it's two Newark, well, actually, I think there's Camden, Newark, and New Brunswick. Gotcha. I okay. went to the one in Newark. Newark, okay, You went gotcha. to the one in 
No, I'm just from Willingboro, like right next door. So. Oh, Willingboro, New Jersey? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Right. So Camden is rough, bro. Right. <laughs> Camden is rough. Not a walk in the park. Right, not a walk in the park. So I moved over to Orlando, Florida, could not find a job. Some kind of way got in contact with a guy named uh, Reverend Curry, Elder Curry. Mm-hmm. He says, I mean, you can come up to this school. It's a uh, Title I school, and we have an after-school program, and you can work in it. But he said it's going to be volunteer. I was like, okay, I'd take a shot at it. And I never worked for free besides working in the church that I grew up in. So I volunteered there, passing out basketballs and, you know, jump ropes to the children, giving out bananas and stuff like that. And they thought I could do that good. <laughs> so, so they brought me on. It was a grant program. They brought me on. I might have been making eight fifty an hour. Then I got so good, you know, that they, they let me do the books. You know, like remember how Kanye say you start sweeping and you can do the fries. Yeah. So they, they, I was graduating. They let me do the books and I, I did it super well because, you know, with the Title One program, you, you audit it, right? They want to make sure no one's spending that money the wrong way. Super good books, the whole nine. And then the principal of the school, we connected. He was like, you know what? I want to bring you on. He brought me on as a teacher assistant. I don't know nothing about teaching, mm-hmm. right? As teacher assistant, just to get me in the door. This is, man, dude looked out for me. Just to get me in the door. And I was literally helping the teachers out. Oh, man, it was a tough job. I take my head off the teachers, man. Super tough job. Very, definitely underpaid people, professionals, right? And it was uh, the only project in Orlando. They call it poking beans. The only project I've ever seen in Orlando to this day. And that's where, it's called Ivy Lane Elementary. That's where the school was. I worked there. So you, you can imagine, like, the you know, children come to school. They're not trying to worry about no school. They're like, man, I didn't even eat breakfast today. Right, you know, right, they come to right. school barefooted sometimes. You know, it was, like, really rough on the teachers. So I did that for about a year. But then he learned that, well, I made myself more assertive, and I started to do other things like technology, mm-hmm. right, fixing computers and stuff like that. And so then the next year, and I think I might have been making it took me from 850 to 1050, right? Oh. Now, yeah, yeah, that's right, man. Balling. I'm balling, right? <laughs> 1050, right? I'm over minimum wage. And then I did that for a year. What then, year was this? Oh. Roundabout. Uh, the 90s. I played 95, something like that. How old are you, Man, I can't tell my age on camera, man. Oh, they can guess it out. If you, <laughs> get, if, you guess, if you guess it out, if you guess it out the right way, I give you a prize. Ah, I like All it. Right? I you like, like that? that? And then uh, I did that, and long story short, man, they finally, I was graduating up twelve fifty an hour, $15 an hour, and then they got rid of the technology guy who actually ran technology for the school to bring me in because they felt like I did a better job. Yeah. And so I think the most I ever made might have been $32,000 a year, two children, we had a car, taking, you know, I was the only person bringing income in in, in the, our apartment or whatever, right? And uh, I just got to a point, man, David, I was like, I was working so hard, man. The, t- the principal had me doing, um, I was doing technology, fixing mm-hmm. all the computers, all the software. Yeah. I was in front of the camera. I was behind the camera. I was building websites. I was editing. I was doing lunchroom duty. Mm-hmm. I was doing crossing guard duty. Yeah. I was hoping the dean would discipline, the, you know, children would be going crazy because right, of the right, riddling, right. riddling and drugs that the you know, yeah. school would give them or whatever. I was doing everything. I was even tutoring to help children with taking the, it's called FCAT at the time, right? And I remember, and just, dude, I, was, I did everything. I was like, you know what, how long can I do this? And I could have gone into administration, and they wanted me to, but I just didn't, I was like, man, the most you can make, maybe 70, 80K after so many years, so much stress, so much bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. So I saw an ad in the paper, man, and I was like, you know what, 
It's 100% commission. I had no sales experience, but I know, I knew that if I could do it, I would have more control of my time. Right. That was my thing. Yep. Time. I wanted to be with my children more. 100% commission is scary, though. It's scary, man. Because their mom was like, you know, the children, because my son had baseball. Right. My daughter was in dance. You know, everybody was kind of comfortable. She was like, man, you sure you shouldn't wait? Mm. I'm like, well, wait, when? <laughs> <laughs> when? When they graduate? Right. Right. And so I uh, told the school, I was like, I need two months. My auntie is sick. And uh, flew out. So they, they actually paid for me to fly out to California, man. Oh, that was wow. a blessing. But I got to the airport late and missed my flight. Ugh. So they had to pay $650. I even tried to fake cry at the airport. I was like, please, please. You know, I was like, and they wouldn't do it. So I had to pay 650 And I had a debit card at the time. I didn't even have a credit card. I had never even owned a credit card. Mm-hmm. And I had $1,500 to my name. Right, I'd already paid the rent, so I had to pay six fifty. But the next month, rent was coming due. Right, it was tight, man. So I flew out to California. They showed me their their system of merchant services, Mm -hmm. and the math that they use did not work. You couldn't use that math any place else in the world. That math only worked there. Math is supposed to be a universal language, but their math only worked there. (laughs) Only. Right. right, and that's how the industry kind of gets down, Dang. right? And so I'm like, man, I, first, I thought I was dumb at first. I was like, damn, I can't get it. It was that their, their math only works for people who are pulling numbers out of thin air, right? Mm. Literally, the whole banking system and them included, right? Mm. So long story short, man, um, I came back home to Orlando, couldn't sell a damn account, could not get anyone to do anything because I was trying to use their method of selling with the briefcase, right, and, you know, right, I had right. the big old baggy suit at the time. <laughs> and I was reading, like, the, you know, from this pitch book or whatever. So I finally, I was like, man, if I don't make some money, we're going to be evicted. Yeah. So I almost considered, well, I considered reporting myself missing so that, <laughs> so that I wouldn't have to come. Cause, could you come home right now and say, hey, honey, we got to go. You got to go somewhere. Daughter, you got to go somewhere. We're done. I can't afford it. I, this idea that I had didn't work. So I didn't want to do that. So I was like, damn, I'm going to report myself missing. And maybe I'll go get a job and then come back. It's a real consideration. Like, you're running it. Yeah. Like, real consideration. And this one guy who I had met in California, he he says, man, whatever you do, don't quit. I had heard, I had had seen some level of success with him. And that's why it's so important, again, to have real social proof. Because if people could see it, then you know it could be done. So I saw that he had success. And he says, whatever you do, don't quit. And so I stuck that in my mind, went out there, and became the best salesperson that year that they same ever product. had. Same product. Same product, Dang. same company, same everything. So yeah. the difference between no sales and, like, becoming the best salesperson was? Yeah, it was phenomenal. A mindset. It was strictly. Strictly a mindset, right? You know, couple techniques here and there, instead of, 97% was mindset. Because I was saying the same thing, but a different way. Uh, I was connecting a different good. way. That's good. Right? And I have to give credit to um, that guy. And then also, and so I became the best salesperson. As a matter of fact, I tripled my income mm. that year. The next year, I quadrupled my income. Right? And I have to give credit to, I started listening to Jim Rohn. Jimmy. Jimmy, <laughs> my life, bro. Jim Rohn. Yeah. I wish, I feel so, so... I feel that's what one of the regrets that I have is that I had the opportunity to probably go to one of his events, uh, but I wasn't there. 
That's bro. why, like, if you have an opportunity to do the real social proof, like, you just don't know how it could change your life. Like, if you get a chance to come and meet David, talk to him in person, right? And you're going to have other people there. It will absolutely and can change your life. Because, dude, I started to listen to his audios, right? Because I wasn't a reader. But the audios helped me. And, man, dude, matter of fact, while I'm driving on my way to businesses, and remember, this is cold calling. I'm walking into business, bald head dude. Well, actually, I had hair then. And I walk in and just off the fly, introduce myself and build rapport instantly, wow. right? I would listen to Jim Rohn in the car, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I would have a little board next to me, and I would write on the board what I wanted to happen every month. Every single month, I'd blow, blow through those numbers. That's every single major. month. So it was mindset. And then after a while, it became such a habit where I, I, I didn't have to have a pitch book. You know, I had my own style. I turned it into my sales pitch or whatever. Yeah. And, dude, the rest is history, man. Mindset, just mindset. That's major that you just said that. And that really just hit me hard. Like, if I wish I, I was on gym, but, I, like, I don't think it was any conferences coming up or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And the sad thing is, if he was doing an event, I don't think I was at the maturity level to. I wasn't. If it wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. like, in Atlanta yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but when he passed away, I believe it was 2010, it really hit me hard because this right. is somebody I've been listening to for two, three years that uh, literally changed my life. You too. So yeah. now that I get a chance to, like, and not a plug on social proof, but people that you admire, people mm-hmm. that, you know, you follow and get to listen to, you never know how long they're going to be here. You don't, man. You know what I mean? Like, you don't. I, I wish I would have had a chance mm-hmm. to see Jim, you know, to shake Jim Rohn's hand. Right. Would be a life-changing that, unforgettable that, experience. His wisdom was just like, even today, like he's because he's, you know, Tony Robbins worked with him and oh, worked yeah, for him. For he's, sure. He helped so many people out. But his, the level of humility yeah. and just the timeless wisdom, man, Absolutely. that he shared was bananas, oh, right? Bananas. So that's why when you told me about real social proof, I'm like, oh, man, and you were telling me about what you were doing, and I'm observing, and then I'm seeing the speakers. I'm like, man. I got to be there. Like, how can I not? Because there's something there. Somebody there is going to say something to change my life. And it may not be instant, but, man, that seed, and all I have to do is keep nurturing it. Dude, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen good, man. And I want to definitely make an announcement. One, you'll be able to see Kaz at uh, at the Social Proof. But he is literally the first sponsor that we've had, period. Like, <laughs> he said first, first period. fiscal sponsor. You so, know, the thing was, I always had the mindset of, um, you know, I'm just going to get it done regardless. Right. right? And, um, you know, I, I, I reached out. I, I forgot. Shouts out to Nehemiah Davis. Um, he connected us. And he was like, yeah. Well, that, that group, the power circle. The power circle. With uh, Spec. But we were in it. With Spec. But I was talking to Nehemiah, and oh, okay. he, he mentioned you specifically. Ah, that's my man, Nehemiah. Yeah, he was like, yo, that's the dude you need to meet. Okay, um, that's my guy. And we connected, and, well, I think Verizon gave us a sponsorship. They gave us, like, the, the lanyards, and they might have gave us a couple of dollars last year. But I, you're, like, the first real. Okay, so okay. So, um, yeah. I, but, I, and let me say this, then, because this kind of ties into payment processing. So the thing that also, because I didn't see any numbers, but I believe what you said, right? I'm, I mean, for a person to get this far where you are and with the real social proof, it shows that you believe in the proof of, you believe in your business as well because you're putting money into it, 
right, yourself. And so when we get paperwork from payment, somebody wants an account, we'll go ahead and process. But if you're selling 20, 30, 40, $50,000 tickets or $5,000 tickets, and like, man, you tell me you can't pay $100, $1,000 to get a, a nice looking website, or you won't invest in yourself. Like, so it, from a risk perspective or underwriting perspective, the way they calculate risk is that way, mm-hmm. right? You have this business, how much have you put into it? Mm. You follow me? So if you put something into it, that gives me more confidence. But if you don't put anything into it yourself, then why would somebody else? Oh, facts, facts. Because I definitely put I, I still ain't definitely <laughs> back yet. It's coming, it's coming. We said, I, get these tickets. He said, I definitely put it. <laughs> facts, right. facts. So right. uh, one, um, I, I definitely appreciate you. And, Guys flew all the way down from uh, Orlando, yes, Orlando mm-hmm. to come to Atlanta, and we're, uh, I mean, we're making an amazing day of it, made some connections with, shouts out to my partner, Mr. Ernestine Morrison, uh, Jay Morrison. Pleasure. Is in we actually about to go back, see him. Um, I know you po- you process for Boniface, who's yep. the king of Boniface. marketing right now. Okay. Um, and every time I talk to Kaz, he's like, yo, that kid's banging it out. So oh, yeah. all those people that are like, you know, he'll, he'll post on Shade Room, right? And, and they'll be like, oh, he ain't making no money and all that kind of stuff. Kaz is like, uh, no, no, he make he's making money. <laughs> he yeah, Boniface is making money. Yeah, and, and helping a whole lot of other people That's do right. it. So like, it's just it's just a beautiful right. circle of people that we have um, right now. It's just it's it's amazing what your network can do, man. We're pulling man. up to the complex, and he's like, yo, I was about to tell you about this space that Nehemiah did his event at, and it turned out to be my space. Right, and we're here right. now. So um, yeah, man, the power of connections, man. I was, uh, dude. I was I went to an event in Puerto Rico last week and uh, I, I how often do you travel, bro? You're man, never I, home. I'm home, but I travel a lot, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna tone and, it down a little bit to the middle of the cool year. Stuff. It's not like Kaz is going to Utah or right. yo, I'm going to New York for business. <laughs> it's like Bali or like Dominican. Like right, that, right. every every time I talk to you. No, man, I'm I'm working though. Trust me, I'm working. <laughs> I'm working. I just show you the part on the beach. Oh God, okay, that's the part God, you God. see, right? If I, if I had a camera or videographer with me, you would see that, man. Oh, this dude is like on the computer. He's working. Right. He's on the phone. I still am very, very involved. I'm not involved in the back office as much operations because I'm not physically there, but we have underwriters and risk for that stuff. But, man, I think it's key to absolutely connect, man. I was uh, talking to somebody in Puerto Rico, and there's like a bunch of people who paid $21,000 to be there, right? Something like that. $21,000 mastermind. Yeah, yeah, right, $21,000. And- well, is it like a $21,000 a year or like just for that event, it's twenty one grand. So twenty one, and you get a chance to go to two events in within two years. Yeah, twenty one K. But here's the thing, you're not necessarily paying for That's all it. the information. If you ain't there, okay. Social right. proof is like a couple hundred dollars. Okay. <laughs> but we get the twenty one thousand. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. The connections, you got it like I went to another event before and you know about them, the Genius Network or right, whatever, right? And the one thing that they said is that the people who were in that room, they said people didn't pay their twenty five K for who's going to be in the room. They pay for who's not. They, you pay that for who's not going to be in the room. And I was like, oh, What's I that never mean? heard of that. Because you want serious people in the room. Serious people are going to invest in themselves to grow and learn. And that high ticket keeps me right, out right. of there. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you got to start somewhere. For right now. For right now, yeah. For right now. You got to start somewhere. So this is a good thing that you're offering this to people because people can come and not just network, passing out business cards or however they do today, but to actually connect, to get to know people, right? And that's one thing that actually helped me in sales 
is I wasn't, I was really, I'm genuinely interested in people. Like genuinely, I could do it without making no money. Just talk to people and allow them to explain to me what they do, how they do it, right? The different triumphs, the different, you know, uh, setbacks or whatever that they've had, right? And that's how you learn how to sell, right? Because then now if you know everything, you just, you smart enough, right? You don't got to be that smart. Is now you can offer the solution. Even if you're not the one giving the solution, you can offer it in some kind of way. So by you offering real social proof, you're giving so many people a chance. I'm surprised you're only doing it for 200 bucks, but you're giving people a chance to come together, right? I would never be able to see E.T., right? I don't know E.T. I don't know a, probably 99% of the people who are going to be there, but now I get a chance to go meet all these people up under one roof, and I can communicate. I can exchange numbers. I can talk. You can start businesses together. I can hear what someone else is doing, what's working, what's not working. Man, you know how invaluable that is? Yeah. Like super duper duper valuable. So, I, if, man, if, I, if you're in business or even if you're working somewhere and you want to retool, because I think everybody's an entrepreneur. Intrapreneur, if you're working at another company or entrepreneur, you still represent yourself as yeah. a business, right? Sure. The only way that you can improve in life is you must invest time and in some cases in most cases money yeah, that's sure. that's the you know the currency of the day gotcha. right so i think i think as many people i hope you pack the damn place out yeah like how, literally how many high level masterminds are you in oh man i've been i've been in quite a bit man i think right now um for this year i think maybe three but give me let me let me ask you how much have you invested in your own personal development last year let's just say Last year, if you had to put a ballpark figure on it, definitely over six figures. Mm. I need to do the math on that, but definitely over six figures. To be in the room, to network, be to learn, to grow. Mm-hmm. Man, some of the, sometimes because, dude, this so it's it's like invaluable. I'm talking to people who they're married, they're they're living good, they have businesses, they have. I mean, and these people aren't just all about money. These people have real quality of life. You know how some people say, man, for them to be a millionaire, they must not ever see their family, right? Some people live like that. But there's other people who are making really good money and living really good lives. I mean, like, fulfilling lives, right? And They're not just, you know, hoarding material objects. You're talking about when you're growing mentally, right? And you're growing physically, your health is together, right? The spiritual just, boom, kind of comes into place. So these type of circles and people, and also these circles of people, they really genuinely like, they really like helping each other. It's kind of, it's amazing. Like they really like helping each other. Somebody who spends $200, right? You should be able to double that. All you need to do is connect with the right people. Somebody in the, you already know everybody you need to know. Somebody in the room can help you make another 10000 for the year, $20,000, $100,000 for the year. Mm. That's, that's what they come there for. They come in there to meet people like you. So when I go to these different events, these people literally, they're they looking around, and I just happen to have something that everybody needs anyway, mm-hmm. but, people, and I'm, but I'm, people are looking to connect with people, to connect, not just network, but to connect with people to see how they can grow together. That's amazing. Yeah, like man. you're in this, and I guess it makes sense too, like these people are genuinely there to help you because... They're not looking at you like, how can I make money off of this person? I've got enough. Or not enough, but like they're in that level, mm-hmm. uh, that elite level where I don't need to like leech off you or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I want, I'm more in a, 
Is it like that? Like, I'm more in a philanthropic area of my life now? Um, well, some levels, because I'll be honest with you, when I first started out, shoot, I was one of the people in the room like, man, who the hell? <laughs> I need some money. <laughs> I ain't about the philanthropy, nothing. Um, so some people are like that, but people are also going there. They're going there to, to make business connections. Like, yeah. let's say if you, you're in one of those groups. They love to be on your stage. They just don't know who you are. They never met you. They don't even know if they could fit on stage or not. Mm. But they would. They just don't know you. So people who are maybe at the 400k level per year or the million dollar level per year, right? They literally. Some people who are mega millions, they would love. They they wish they could work with somebody else who doesn't know what they know. Because here's the thing. There's a book called Horse Sense. I just got the book. Right? Horse Sense. Horse Sense. Mm. Um, whore sense or no, horse? No, horse. Sense. Horse <laughs> okay, okay. Sense, I, I mean, right? it seems like a catchy title. By the same guys who wrote the book Positioning. I think mm-hmm. Al Rise and Jack Trotter, something like that, like these marketing guys from back in the day. And the book really talks about finding a horse that you could ride, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about it, right, some of the richest people in the world, okay, so LeBron James makes good money, mm-hmm. right? Michael Jordan, Kobe, rest, you know, rest in peace, makes good money. Mm-hmm. How much you think the owner makes of the team? Uh, significantly. Significantly. Yeah. Right. More. Right. So the owners probably can't play basketball. Mm-hmm. They probably can't shoot. Can't make a live. Can't dunk. Can't do anything. But they found the owner of Nike, Phil Knight. Right. He didn't really blow up like that mm-hmm. without finding a horse to ride. Mm-hmm. He found Mike. Right. Yeah, and a bunch sure. of other athletes. So this book talks about. Like, you don't have to be the guru, the genius, the CEO, the this or that and other. You just need to find a horse to ride. So when you go to these different events, you got mega, mega successful people in there looking for a horse to ride. Mm. But it doesn't mean you won't succeed as well. Because how would that help you if you could work with somebody who's already in the seven, whatever it is you want to do, the seven, eight-figure range, if you get a chance to work with them, don't you think you're going to learn something? Yeah, for sure. And make for good sure. money at the same time? Because they want you to be taken care of so they can continue making money. But now you're also learning more. They ain't going to be around forever and ever and ever and ever. So eventually, you know, you're going to come up. Instead of trying to be, I'm the boss right now. I'm the king. I'm this, I'm that, right? You got to kind of drop the ego a little bit, yeah. right? And you could be somebody's horse, or you could find a horse to ride. Right. Just connect. So these people actually come there looking for a horse to ride. Oh, that's beautiful. Man, we look, we about to wrap up because we still ain't eat today. We ain't and I'm starving. My stomach is hurt. I got, I got one uh, question. I like to make predictions on this podcast um, where I'm going to ask you where you see yourself, your business, where your life, whatever, in the next five to ten years so that five to ten years from today, we can watch this video and say, well, Kai said he was going to do it, and he actually did it. Mm. So, where do you see yourself next five to ten? I just came from a meeting, man. It was a ten-year plan meeting as well. I didn't finish, Mm. but I have an idea. So, I would say in the next five years, um, well, first of all, we will be a, definitely in terms of the financial goals, we'd definitely be in the multi, multi billions per year. Like we're in the billions, we're in the billion uh, every year now, but the multi billions per year. Also, the the business will be it will have a more systematic approach. Right, I'm still kind of involved, right, mm-hmm. but eventually I will step away a little bit, mm-hmm. right. I will still be in it, but I won't be 
like day to day like I am now. I'm like day to day in it. You got 50 employees at one of your locations and yeah. you're still in the grind. I'm in it, but I have great, the team is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, like I definitely, I don't even, I can't even log into some of the systems. I don't even know to log in. <laughs> Matter of fact, in 2020, that's one of the things I want to do. I want to get more involved so I can at least have a login. Right. right? <laughs> I don't even have a login to a lot of stuff. Like, 97% of the things in the back end, I don't have a login for. I understand a little bit about it. I understand the bigger picture, but I can't log in and do what Rich does, underwriting. I don't even have login to customer service or tech support stuff. Mm. So um, so I want to be a little bit more involved, but I want to be able to run the business literally from a napkin. So in five to ten years, we're going to have different businesses that are run from napkins. Explain that. So it, that means that it's been simplified to a level where I can look at this number, this number, and that number, and know exactly what's going on in the business, mm. right? So that's, that's where I kind of see everything going in five to 10 years. Also, um, you know, even bigger than business, man, I just, I want to have a super, super, um, super deep circle of friends and family and we just we just do things all year. I mean, I got like some some other details, but we meet up two or three times mm-hmm. a year. So I want to be able to deepen my relationships, man. Yeah. In the five so I want to be that guy who has extremely deep relationships. I want to be known as a problem solver. And I think the only way to really do because I can't do everything, yeah. so I have to have the business running in a yeah. in a proper way. My business partner the same way. He has the same concept. We both grind it out, man. Mm-hmm. Fifteen hour days, sixteen hour days, mm-hmm. man. Don't be the hype. Years. That ain't fun, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's wow. a lot of work. Wow. A lot of work. So that's what I don't know if that gives an answer, but oh, definitely in the multi billions and and to be that connector, man. I want to be the guy where you call up and David says, Man, man, let me call Kaz. I think he can help. If he can't help, he gotta know somebody, he can, he can connect me to the right person. I wanna just be that invaluable. I wanna be that guy whenever I call, you pick up the phone. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I wanna be. I love it. I love yeah. it. There it is, man. Listen, make sure you get your ticket to Real Social Proof. Uh, Real Social Proof. You can go to realsocialproof.com and um, and make sure you come to Kaiser's session. Okay, you definitely want to hear what he has to say. Just a wealth of knowledge, um, and there's so many things that can kill your business financially that you're just unaware of. And there are some people that are in business. And it's slowly chipping away at you, but you don't know the numbers, or you don't look right. at the statements, and you just have no idea. Right. So, um, make Can I say sure- one thing? Yeah, please. Also, I would say this, too. Um, like, learn business skills, right? It's super important to learn business skills. And uh, don't, you know, I hear people say um, success loves speed, mm-hmm. right? And it's true. But to have a, a deep relationship, right, you can go with the one night stand. Mm-hmm. I'm not knocking it. If you're in a relationship, you got a one night stand. But if you really want to have a deep, meaningful relationship, you kind of take your time, right? Be- because you want it to be the best it could possibly be. You want to know as much as you, you know you can, right? And to create a masterpiece, and I, one of my mentors uh, shared this with me, you know, and what he says is to become like, and I hate, I wish I had another example, but he says, you know, to become the Picasso of your industry, yeah. right? And, you know, like Picasso in his time or in that culture, he's known as one of the best what artists or whatever, right? Sure. So to become the Picasso, but he, for countless days and 
weeks and months and years it took him to develop that. I'm not saying you have to take that long to start your business, but don't be in such a rush to just click a button without getting the proper tools to help you and really hone in and craft your business. A lot of times people come to us and they're like, man, set this up right now. And they don't really have anything set up. Yeah. There's nothing to set up. Right, right, right? right. You just have this idea and you have all these huge prices on a piece of paper. Yeah. But when we're, we're walking you through, do this. Do this, yeah. do this, do this, do That's that. That's what I like about your company versus like a Stripe because it's just a website. But like you can, you'll be able to have a touch point of somebody and say, okay, what do I need to do to establish? Correct. Right. Right. Even soon, we'll have an auto boarding link coming up soon where people can click a button and instantly begin. Well, not instantly, but the next day, and then eventually instantly begin processing. But even that, even with that. We're going to give you some time. We're going to look at it. We're going to contact you and say, hey, you need to do this, do this, do this, and that. Because we want to protect you. Because otherwise, anybody can create a chargeback. Right, anybody right. can say anything because you don't have it together. So we want to, you know, sometimes even some people get taken advantage of, like drop shippers, for instance. Mm. Right? They get into drop shipping. They don't even have a contract with a fulfillment house. Mm. So you may be, you know, if you don't have a contract and... I send the fulfillment house 20K, they don't got to send me nothing. I don't have no contract with you. That was a gift. Thank mm. you. Right? <laughs> right. So we're looking at all that for them, right? Mm. And we'll do the same thing for everybody who comes on board. We just we want to help you be in this for the long term. That's really it. what it is. I love it, man. Uh, and uh, give, the, give the website, guys, um, you know, how people can get more information on EC. Uh, they can go to ecompaymentprocessing.com or they can just maybe, I don't know, will it be in here like the IG yeah, handle or something like that? Yeah. Uh, I'm still very involved and you can you can DM me or something like that. Yeah. Kajra, they, they can't spell this, but Kajra Maranu. K-H-A-A-Z capital R-A. That's it. DM me and I'm here to support Social Proof, so looking forward to it. Hopefully you will be there. I cannot stress. If I had a, if I had Social Proof, Many years ago, I'd be so much further ahead, man. Not just in my business, but also in in my personal life as well, because I think they go hand in hand together, right? And then you come and you say, "Well, man, David is—he got a family. He's doing it, you know." And now you have other alternatives, right? And you seeing, like I said, man, seeing is believing, man. So if I can see someone doing it, then I know I can do it too. Love it. There it is. You heard it from the man. Make sure you follow Cosro. Okay, listen, if you tired of Stripe holding your your funds, PayPal, these processors holding your the money. Banks too. The banks do the same thing. Oh, the banks, okay, like Chase, all of, if you're tired of them holding your funds, okay. Um, or being treated like a number. Mm-hmm. Or right? being treated like a number. And if you're okay with that, then, you know, right. if you don't want to be treated like a number, if you want to be treated like somebody important because mm-hmm. they, these people are holding your money, right. it would be helpful to have a relationship, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right. And a lot of companies, they're going towards uh, if you hit zero on the customer service, it just reroutes you to the beginning. So. <laughs> really? They're like, what? <laughs> I was on the line earlier, yesterday, actually. Like, you hit zero, they just, nope. Zero. Really? I want to talk to somebody, nope. What? They routed me right back, and then eventually there's like, I'll call back later. Man. Done. So, and, and it's too big of a game to play to uh, to not be able to, like, touch somebody and get in touch with somebody. So I, did, I, I, I pray that even as your company explodes, you still just have that personal touch. I think, well, because I'm personal. That's, like, my personality, mm-hmm. right? And I can't see it being any other way, man. The personal touch is super key. Even with all the sales reps that I've 
had the pleasure and opportunity to train. That's the one thing I always stress, like, do be accessible, yeah, right? Sure. Be at, like, don't show up and, you know, you tell her, you know, you buy her flowers, you give her, you're doing everything before, yeah. right? And then when you get the goodies, you're a ghost. Right. And I see sales reps like that, too. Facts. They do all this right. stuff, they say all this stuff, and then as soon as the sale happens, you can't, you can't get in contact with them or, you know, something, you, you want something a little bit different, the attitude changes, you know, they, they kind of dog you out or whatever or mistreat you. Like, don't be that person. I think sales is, is before, during, and after. That's the whole sales process for us. So I think we'll always be able to offer that. And, it's, and sometimes we bring clients out to the office. Lately, it's been so many people at one time, we can't fit everybody in there. Right. But maybe, you know, we can connect with you or something like that and do a social proof slash whatever to bring more people out. And we'll, we'll help educate people that way as well. well. There it is. There it is, man. Make sure you get your ticket to social proof and follow guys. Okay, I will see you April 2nd and 3rd. Out of here. Yo, this is your boy, Donald the Boys. Donald the Boys. And that's right. If you're listening, then you know a little bit of my swag, my production. I'm a voiceover artist, podcast producer, and also a little bit of a creative. And I want to offer you a special offer for this podcast listenership. That's right. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you need any kind of commercials, promos, or advertisements, that then I'll be sure to hook you up. With prices starting as low as $50 for a fully produced commercial, I'm willing to give you the best value that you can get anywhere. So once again, head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And I look forward to talking to you. Yeah.